The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. A friend of mine is a retired small-town Iowa newspaper publisher, and when he retired, he semi-seriously half-toyed with the idea of writing a book about it all. And he and I were kind of friends, and we would golf together and other things, and he would say to me, we'd see someone or something would happen, and he would say to me, when I write my book, there's going to be a chapter about him, or a chapter about her, or a chapter about this, or a chapter about that. I tell you that. Because, of course, Gretchen Schreffler is a woman who'd have a chapter in a whole lot of people's books. She lived an amazing life, touched a lot of people's lives, not just for many years, but she touched them for good, very good. I met her 15 months ago when I started here at Gloria Day, and I was introduced, I think it might have been my first Sunday, I was introduced to our oldest member, who at that time was two months shy of 101 and who I found out later had been a member of this congregation since she was six, since 1921. What made an immediate impression on me, of course, was the fact that this is the first congregation I'd ever served where the 100-plus-year-old oldest member was actually still able to get to church every week on Sunday. But that was Gretchen. Things like years and age seemed to have meant different things to her than they did to other people. I was thinking... We have people years and dog years. I think there are people years and Gretchen years, maybe. (laughs) Many people, for example, count the years. They can just hardly wait until they retire. Gretchen didn't retire until she was 80. And she was still able to do what she did, she told me. She liked doing what she did. I found out later, she didn't tell me, that if it hadn't been for her dislike of having to go home every night to an increasing mound of paperwork that in her entire career she filled out by hand and she hated, she'd have probably worked well into her 80s because she was still able to work. And she did like helping people. At 85, she went to Europe with a group of other folks, many of them from Gloria Day. She told me with some pride, Christian pride, I'm sure, that she 
didn't imagine there were a lot of 85-year-olds who not only flew to Europe at that age, but then went hiking in the Alps when they got there. She didn't mention, I found this out from family this last week, that that trip was one of the very, very few times anyone ever saw her in something other than heels. (laughs) She bought hiking boots for the trip. No jeans, however. I found out also this week that dear and classy and most proper Gretchen did not wear a pair of jeans in her entire life. After her husband died and then Nancy married and left home that same year, Gretchen was not just a very active businesswoman, very active community woman, very active member of this congregation, but also a single mom to her second daughter, Lynn. And while family folklore, I was told, is that Gretchen was a very strict parent to her firstborn and that her baby princess could get away with just anything, that folklore it turns out isn't entirely 100% true. At least Lynn says anyway, recalling one beautiful day in Iowa City, I think you said you were 14 and you were ish. You were walking downtown and it was so nice she took her shoes off and she was walking barefoot and one of Dr. Schreffler's patients happened to see this and that evening mother informed her daughter that walking the sidewalks of downtown Iowa City barefoot was not proper and would not happen again. She was a widow and a businesswoman and active in her church and community, but she was also a mom, and she remained so. And young Lynn discovered that day moms oftentimes have more than two eyes. The day I was introduced to her, the introducer almost immediately was quick to point out that 95-year-old Gretchen had overseen the construction of her new house, and I found out this week, made all of the curtains herself, sewed them by hand. I didn't get right out to see her house because that sounds odd. She was the oldest uh, member of our church, but she wasn't a priority for home visits. She was too healthy. We had people 20 years younger than her who were shut-ins, but she wasn't. She was here every Sunday. And several times throughout each week, too, she was a faithful regular at both worship and Bible studies, Bible studies at which I found out just last night she would occasionally do a little parenting as well. According to a dear friend, anyway, who sat in on Bible studies with her and said that in the event that Bible studies in a Lutheran church, this can occasionally happen. They start to become more about chatting than Bible studying. And if that ever would happen, Gretchen, either with a pointed look at the clock Or if that didn't work, just the direct comment, I think it's time we got started, would keep the the group on track where they would remain until Gretchen closed her Bible, which meant time's up, we're done for now. (laughs) At 100, she was admitted to the hospital for the very first time in her life, except for having given birth to her children. At 101, she finally was no longer able to get to church every Sunday. That's when I started to visit her and bring her communion at that house she'd been able and proud to build at 95. And that's when I discovered that around the house, how's this for a surprise? Around the house, Gretchen wore a nice jacket, a brooch, a blouse, and heels. No surprise at all. 
She continued to live in her home until last November when at 101 and a half, arrangements were completed to move to Bickford Cottage. A week or so before that move, I moved, visited her for the last time in that little house. She was so loved and was so proud to have built it, 95, and I loved. It was really quite powerful. It was the way she was simultaneously able to grieve that change and embrace it in a way that just seemed as healthy as can be. She told me she was going to miss her home terribly, but that it was time and it was the right thing to do and she had accepted that and so she was going to make the best of that, which she did. And then when a couple weeks ago she was hospitalized again, I visited her. She said, I just want to go home. And the home she was talking about then wasn't the little house she'd built at 95, but that time she... Her home was Bickford Cottage. A week ago Sunday, she was not as well as she looked because she looked great, but she was also really tired. And yet there she sat, jacket, blouse, corsage, heels, and tasteful bling. And she was so pleased to be able to greet her family and close friends to her home, Bickford Cottage, for a day before her 102nd birthday party. And not everybody knew that day, but those very closest to her knew, because among other things, she wasn't eating anymore. And so her family knew that the next party thrown in her honor would not be a birthday party at Bickford Cottage, which had become her home, but rather, and she had started looking forward to this, the welcome home party, to the place that Jesus had prepared and built for her. Not with trips to lumber yards or brick setters, but with a trip to the lumber of a cross and the unsetting of the stone door of an Easter morning tomb. Five days after her 102nd birthday on Saturday at four in the morning, Lynn woke up, and and not at Bickford College, but at her own home, from a distance, in her mind, but I don't know, maybe in some way more than that, who knows, Lynn had a, from a distance in her mind, conversation with her mom at four in the morning, and she said, Mom, Dad is waiting for you, and everybody who's able to come has been here, and they've said their I love yous, they've cried their, their tears, they've said their goodbyes. She said, you don't have to fight anymore. We're going to be okay. She said, it's time, Mom. And apparently Gretchen and her body and her Lord thought the very same thing because it was just a few minutes later, 4.18 a.m. Saturday, Lynn got the phone call giving her the news that Gretchen had died. And then you all got the call or heard the news and however you did and ever since we each of us in our own minds, in our own conversations, our own prayers have been saying our goodbyes to and remembering our memories of dear Gretchen, our mom, our grandma, our great-grandma, our neighbor, our doctor, our fellow business owner, our fellow community member, our mentor, our friend, our sister in Christ. And you add all of that together and multiply it by 102 years and there are chapters and chapters and chapters and chapters of memories gathered here today for Gretchen had at least a chapter in probably all of our books and more 
than one chapter in a lot of our books. Share those memories with each other. And keep sharing them. Share, shared memories bless us. They heal us. And especially, I think, they do so in the way in which they so often, so seamlessly, they move us from laughing to crying to laughing again. And laughing and crying are both really healing things. And, of course, healing is something we need right now, which sometimes surprises people in an occasion like this one. They're surprised when, when the not surprising death of someone who lived a long time and full time, full life, nevertheless still hurts so much. Any number of times I've had people in one way or another say, it was time, I had actually been praying that the time could come, that she could stop lingering. My prayer was answered when she died. It's right. How can something right hurt so much? Well, it hurts so much because you loved much. And she loved you much. And it doesn't matter how long or what year. Loving and then losing hurts much every single time. Let it hurt for a while. Grief heals. It also, I think, is one last way we honor our father or our mother or our grandma or our friend, even when they die. I think we honor people by missing them, by just naming the fact that there's a place in our heart that belonged to her, and that place hurts right now. But the reason it hurts is love. Love's worth the hurt. That's how good it is. In dear Gretchen's case, however, let us remember to honor her too by holding to the hope that she held. The hope that is ours too because Jesus is the Lord of Easter. Which means the last word belongs not to death nor grief, it belongs to him which is to say it belongs to love and light and life that are forever and ever. This past Sunday was the fourth Sunday of the Easter season. It's known as Good Shepherd Sunday. Gretchen and I actually walked our way to Good Shepherd Sunday using its texts. The gospel reading every Good Shepherd Sunday is from John 10, where Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me, and nothing, nothing, nothing including death will tear them from my arms. The psalm for Good Shepherd Sunday, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As it turns out, that's the last scripture passage I ever shared with Gretchen. I recited it with her on Wednesday when her lips were still able to move, and they did some. She had that thing memorized. I recited it to her on Thursday when she was no longer able to respond. Also on Wednesday, Gretchen ate her very last meal in this life, and it was the meal of Holy Communion, the Last Supper. And in the presence of that enemy of all of ours, death, 
whose shadow we all knew was gathering in the corners. We fed on he who does prepare tables in the presence of our enemies by feeding on the promise that the food he fills us with nourishes us unto eternal life. Jesus, the good shepherd. The shepherd whose voice Gretchen did hear, even when our voices she could no longer hear, she heard him shortly after 4 o'clock Saturday, when with her always, because he promised he would be, so with her always, he said to her, Gretchen, it is time. Let me show you the place I built for you. And then he took her by the hand and he led his dear lamb home to the home that will be her home forever. Sisters and brothers, let us follow in faith. Let us grieve in faith. Let us live our years trusting the promises of the Lord, our shepherd, and we will. We will. He promised we will see her again. See her where? See her where? Now and forever she will be. Home. Peace be with you. Amen.